0: Before we begin today, I just wanted to add a quick disclaimer. This episode was recorded as lockdown was being lifted and we were attempting to socially distance around one microphone because for some reason we couldn't get two to work. So the audio quality wasn't quite where we wanted it to be. We're constantly trying to improve our audio quality, so thank you for bearing with us on that. So we have tweaked the audio. We've done our best. Be aware. It's not quite as high quality as we would like. You might want to listen to this episode in a quieter space. Thank you for listening to Time at the Bar. And if you want to contact us, please email us at tatbpod at gmail.com. And we're also on social media on Twitter and Instagram at timeatthebarpod. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoy our first ever guest episode with the wonderful Liquid Light Brewing Company of Nottingham.
1: Hello, and welcome to Time at the Bar. This evening we're here with Tom and Grace from Liquid Light Brewing. Very good friends of ours. Mm And family, some might say. Mm -hmm. Some would confirm the actual paperwork, I believe. I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, if you start digging through birth certificates, you might notice. (laughs) And It's not just the family resemblance when we're standing side by side.
1: That's just myself and Grace.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, Tom Stone of Liquid Light is my brother.
1: Hello. So, yeah, uh, tonight we sitting here with these lovely people and we would like to talk about everything that they've uh, done and achieved in a very short space of time, where they've come from, what it is that they do, what their, what their specialist subject is this evening um, <laughs> and have a few nice shandies along the way. Sounds good. Sounds
2: excellent. So
1: I think, first of all we're going to crack straight into a nice delicious beverage that they've mm-hmm. made for how many years is
3: this now guys? Well this was actually the first beer I think we ever brewed together. Yeah,
2: Pink Moon is a raspberry wheat beer, 4% ABV. Um, the story behind this is that when I was getting into beer, I just wanted something, I basically wanted something, to brew something that I just wanted to drink, that I could just sit there and sink all night.
3: Which is an ethos of our brewery in yeah, general. Absolutely, really. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Just, just
2: that we really Yeah. So um, we gave it a go, um, it's this sort of very simple wheat beer base with just a load of raspberries added in fermenter. Um, when we started homebrewing, we actually used to go to the supermarket and clear out the frozen fruit <laughs> bags, um, which was quite funny because we got a lot of odd looks when people... Trolley full of
3: frozen yeah, yeah. fruit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> people were a bit like, what are they doing? They yeah. must um, be really
0: into smoothies.
2: Exactly, I'd yeah. I had
3: several checkout uh, people ask me about, oh, you're making jam? they <laughs> are, you, are you doing lots of jam. Yeah, are you huge batches of jam. No, Alcoholic jam. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, uh, so that yeah, that's how this beer came about, really. So if you want to crack it, Flaws, then let's do be... that, race,
1: Thank you. Let's see. Oh. Oh.
0: Did <laughs> you just get that on that microphone? Because no.
1: time no, no, no. will kill you. We're far yeah, away no, enough from the microphone.
2: Um, it took a few goes before we, um, you know, got, so got is, it how we wanted it. This is actually
3: bit. a crowler rather than a can. We haven't canned this beer for a little bit.
1: Okay, so could you just also explain to people what a crowler is in difference to...
3: So, at the beginning of lockdown... um...
2: Yeah, so just for reference for everyone, we're recording this. What date is it? Uh, 21st of July. 2020, 2020. the year of COVID-19. So um,
3: lockdown is technically
0: over? Well, we're we're in the easing bit, aren't we? Yeah, we're easing. We're now allowed to have overnight guests, hence why you are allowed in our flat.
3: Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a carl. This is this is basically hand canned from a keg. Um at the beginning of lockdown, unlike a lot, you know, much like a lot of breweries should I say, um we had a huge amount of stock in keg and it was announced with very very little uh, warning that uh, pubs were closing. So, um we had to kind of move quickly and find a way of getting our beer out there. So this is this is now this is, was hand canned basically from a, from a keg, so it's it's never really been intended to to leave for a long period of time. But it's a good way of getting uh, keg beer out into the world um, that is otherwise basically going to be drain poured. I mean, although keg obviously has a longer shelf life than cask, um, it's still never going to be as fresh as it was two one to two months after it has been packaged. So. Yeah, this is our very very sessionable raspberry wheat beer. Yeah, it is. It's incredibly sessionable.
1: Every time I've had the beer in the past, you know, you you see people sort of eye banging your beer from across the <laughs> room, like, what the hell is that person having? I want yeah, to yeah. it's um, so, it's
2: pink. Uh, we had a couple of permanent lines, and people you know go up to the bar and say, I want the pink beer, oh, which actually did... is a really good. We didn't, we never thought of that because oh, obviously raspberries, you know, yeah.
3: We genuinely, it wasn't an intention to 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 have.
2: A bright pink beer, a, at all, a bright pink beer
3: that the that, that catches people's eye. I mean, you know, obviously, like vibrancy of the beer and, and vis- visual form in the glass is uh, obviously quite important. But um, it was never our intention. Our intention is flavour first. But it, the fact is, it just ended up being a little bit of a viral camp, like kind of marketing campaign yeah, within yeah. a bar of itself. So if there's a keg on, people will go. What on earth is that beer? And want it? And it, it, it sells. I think partially used to that, sells out extremely quickly once you get it on the bar.
1: But it's funny, isn't it? Because you know, as you say about that sort of visual, you know, stimulus that you get with you know a beer, something like that, it just it instantly strikes people. Mm-hmm. And when you say that, also to back that up, you know, the whole sort of ethos of the brewery is these, you know, the sessionability of a beer and the quality of the drinkability. Um, which I think a lot of people sort of malign anyway, particularly in the sort of modern hype market. But that's a beer that not only does it look great and is very striking from, mm-hmm. you know, from even at 50 paces. and was like, I want that, what's that?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's also a beer that is incredibly balanced. The wheat character still really shines through, yet mm-hmm. the raspberry just balances it out with a little bit of tartness, which sits alongside the wheat, gives it a nice, really Absolutely. refreshing, palatable easy and with the you know with the ABV the strength of it yeah Yeah. it's just it's so doable I mean you know I could
3: drink probably 25 pints of it
1: and that was the idea that (laughs) was was exactly yeah yeah that That was was always
3: the idea I think one problem that um we seem to come across is I think people expect it to be some sort of lactose sour um very very you know much stronger sweeter
2: I think because of the color as well that you know you often get these dessert style beers and I think that are often these bright colours and i think that a lot of people yeah, associate it with that
3: yeah you? and that was never our uh, plan for this beer whatsoever we were always intended it to be a quaffable summer pint mm-hmm. and even now we'll you know we, we can quite easily yeah knock off a, polish off a mini a <laughs> keg in <during> the <laughs> and evening and, yeah. and then move on to other stuff so yeah. it's and that's what it's intended for and i find it refreshing i find it still pleasant you know it may be the first beer you start a session with or it may be the beer that you stick with all night but either way yeah. it, it was actually as well one point, of yeah. the,
2: um, when we when we were home it it was one of the things that we actually gave to people and everyone was going the guys this is this is excellent like people need to be drinking this and mm-hmm. that it was almost kind of a little bit of that confidence of oh actually maybe this is quite commercially viable maybe this is actually maybe people do want to drink this and it kind of we, you know, we had this idea of maybe starting the brewery, but actually that gave us a little bit more confidence to go. Oh, well, actually we're doing something yeah, right.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, as you've uh, already mentioned, Tom, the idea that um, people could come up to the bar and pick this beer and maybe session on it for the whole evening, or at least start on it. Mm-hmm. What would your starting beer of a night be? Now you could go specific here or you could go just more generic style. I
3: might have to, yeah, I might have to go generic style because I've I've kind of thought about this for a long time and it's it's difficult to really place it down to one beer, but I mean, for me, def, I, I tend to start on cask because I find um, if you go straight to keg products, fizzy and cold, you know, you can actually, you, you get fuller quicker and I quite like to start with a cask beer. Something in the like kind of low fours, even lower than four sometimes, pale ale, something hoppy and refreshing and crisp is usually where I'd start. Um, because you can always build up to your uh, you know, imperial stouts or you know, your lactose stouts or, you know, your crazy sours. It's just nice to start with a nice refreshing pint mm. Especially on a day like we've had recently, you know in a beer garden there's nothing quite like even just a pint of bitter yeah but pale ales predominantly
2: nice
0: and great same question to you um
2: so i'm a massive like fruit beer and sour fan so um even to start the session it's more than likely that i'll be drinking those sorts of things all night yes so i will probably head for if there's something like a lowish abv sour of some description I will probably go in for that first, and then I tend to kind of work my way up in ABV. Um, But similarly to Tom, pint of cask pale is always goes down well.
1: Doesn't adjust. Mm. Doesn't adjust. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. So hunky dory. Uh, That's the next beer that we're having. This is a new one on me, so really excited about this. It's a white guava lychee and mango sour you like to tell me more than what i can read on the label that would be amazing
3: so it's a kettle sour with um quick souring uh lacto strain that Lalaman put out um it's uh for the first time in a in this hour that we've done it's a mostly a pale ale base uh rather than any wheat in there um we wanted to see how we get the body in that with it's more or less a, a pale ale based uh, malt base actually, with um, added uh, souring and fruiting.
2: Yeah, and then the fruit. Ooh. So um, we got uh, we. So all our, a lot of our fruit is um, aseptic puree that we use. Um, so the the lychee had was more of like a juice consistency. Mm. Uh, the mango was the the thickest. So that, the mango is basically a, a pulp. Um, which smells fabulous when oh, you put it
0: into I bet. I mean, food. tasting it mm. now.
1: Yeah. Cheers. That started.
0: Cheers. Bad.
2: Cheers. Um, yeah. We we always put our fruit in fermenter. Um, mm. That's generally how we you know tend to approach all our fruit beers.
3: Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because this is new for you guys. We only well we've actually we. <laughs> We've bought this out and it's already all gone. So this is one of the last cans.
3: That's a bad sign of a bad
0: business.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is one of the last cans in existence. We, uh, obviously with lockdown, it's been a little bit challenging to uh, get canning dates, a canning company that we use. And uh, we've resorted to hand canning quite a lot of our stuff. But it means we can get less cans out there um which is a bit frustrating well
2: it's all but it's always you know if they're purchased they're drunk then people are getting you know the best what we see is the best quality the freshest beer that we can provide it's so.
3: not traveled in a no. Arlington across half the country essentially yeah. so I mean not that that usually has any hugely negative effects on in our experience um it's still always going to be better straight out of the tank into account so it's 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 you know, double-edged sword it's a shame that we can't get more done by hand but we're working on that
2: we're pleased with this beer though um we Mm. kind of intended it to come out at this time of year because we thought you know perfect well i'd say beer garden but more like actual garden yeah (laughs) yeah um, yeah, just a, you know just a sort of a nice smashable sour
0: really Mm.
1: but it's cracking it smells absolutely sublime
0: and i often i often struggle with sours because um just often I get them to, they're too imbalanced. Yeah. And I just find that the sound has just comes s- straight through, like puckers mm-hmm. my face into oblivion, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like my face implodes in on itself and then my stomach just hurts. And then I just don't really get any of the, the joy of drinking mm-hmm. the beer. Mm-hmm. But this one, like that fruit flavor is so fresh and mm-hmm. so balancing
2: yeah that's one of the main things with this beer is we root re- you know using three fruits when we use more than one fruit we really want you to be able to taste that we've used multiple fruits you yes. know so we wanted we were very conscious of you know the quantities and balancing each fruit so that everything sang rather than yeah. it just being this mm-hmm. sort of tropical mush you know yeah so good
3: and uh yeah we we definitely thought about that in the recipe design. So we knew that the mango was going to be the thickest and probably the most pronounced flavor of the puree. So um, we added more lychee and guava than the mango. And um, I definitely feel like it was more of a balanced finish.
1: Well, I mean, that, that's nail on the head for me. It's, it's incredibly balanced. The acidity is just a really really nice crisp refreshing note at the end of it all Mm -hmm. and it's um, i don't know what it is that you guys do but whenever you do beers in this style i think you absolutely nail them you know i'm talking about my palate, but i always just want to just smash too much of this yeah (laughs) Um, but it's that acidity is so pared down it's yes really really present but in a really really back of the palate, refreshing, just down the gullet, but not burning way, which is exactly what I personally would say you want from this style of beer. Mm -hmm. Particularly, as you say, you want those three fruits in this case, but for that element, that extra element, to shine and not become a sort of muddled back note in Mm -hmm. amongst sourness, which is what I think a lot of people make that mistake
3: on doing. I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah, and
2: we also, we did this one in uh, mini kegs (laughs) as well. Um, At the beginning we thought... Well, I mean, I, you know, as I've said, I love a, I love a sour, but I was like, eight pints? Is anyone going to want eight pints of this sour? And you know what? It's sold so well, and people have been, yeah, repeatedly ordering, which I think, yeah. again, is, is a lovely, like we said, you know, going back to the sort of drinkability aspect of beers, that's what we aim to do. And if someone can sort of have a mini keg, then <laughs> I, think, I think we've got that with this one, so. Mm. Yeah, well, absolutely. And soft. I think
1: if you're not going soft and sweet, and, you know, whether that be. On the you know your stout end of things or the New England style, um, then bitterness and acidity is the next thing that I think. Yeah, not saying in that order for me. You want something that just cleans itself up a little bit. And with this, that's exactly what it does. And it doesn't linger, it just leaves a little bit of fruit. And particularly on the burp, it's incredible. It just comes back up very, very
3: delicately balanced. That retro-nasal fruit. Is, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's there. I think, um, as well, like you mentioned about the soundness or the bitterness, just just uh, kind of finishing it off, that would clean. I find that it cleans your palate and, and leaves you wanting more. Yeah, and It absolutely. just increases the drinkability. So let's bring up the next few litres, Tom.
1: <laughs> no?
0: what do you mean you didn't bring more <laughs> no winner yeah
1: absolutely mm. fantastic yeah very pleased with that bit nice little circa 72 or 71 bowie reference as well absolutely yeah. Yeah, well we
2: were absolutely appalled that we'd not done a david bowie reference yet
0: no we so, had a few yeah, i was we've surprised got... actually yeah. when i saw it i was like
2: oh yeah, that's your first yeah of course yeah and we we so we've got this we've got our top secret list of names, <laughs> um, and we, we actually, you know, we have this list of names, and we think, no, that's, that's that style of beer. That just mm. makes sense. And although it do, in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter, but Hunky Dory just seemed like a, a little bit of a wacky, sour to us. But a know.
3: smashable, like...
2: Yeah, yeah, you'd listen to it over and over again, and you'd drink this over and over Absolutely, again. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> and I, and
3: I, I, I see yeah. that it's
1: uh, sessionability belies its strength. Yes, wouldn't a bit... 5%, but I wouldn't think it was five percent, but I think that's a nice element to it as well. Because yeah. again, I don't, I don't imagine you get that balance of body and mouthfeel yeah. without it having its ABV. But mm-hmm. I mean, I you know, I mean, it's a beautiful can. Vibrant orange, mm. and I know the colour of your van, so it's a yes. van cam. When you get that branding on the van, it's going it to look
3: disgracefully
1: <laughs> tasty. <laughs> yeah, so we've had, we've had a couple. I'll of be beers. licking your van. <laughs>
3: we've had a couple of beers that would look beer uh, labels that would look really good as uh, livery on the van, but um, one of them was the uh, freak out watermelon oh. sour that we uh, did a while back, which we will we'll definitely rebrew. Again, another top favourite. Yeah, but a, a Zappa um, reference. Zappa so reference. Yeah. But that's a much closer orange, and I do think, looking at that, I want to see that covering our van. I think. Be
1: yeah, we fun. couldn't
2: do a Bowie reference without the can being in your face, bright. And then yeah, when you put sort of the
1: decals on the van, yeah. I can come and lick them off, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a b fun. Hey, also <laughs> hey,
2: maybe do you remember those? Uh, you know, those like scratch and smell. Well <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. scratch and smell. it. scratch,
2: that's
0: s- scratch and sniff. this yeah, one, and this is yeah. what this beer tastes like. You well, can have your full range. <laughs> well, actually,
3: coincidentally, we we uh, dubbed our van Ziggy as we thought that oh. it looked like a bright orange jumpsuit that David Bowie might wear. So nice. it's uh, again a, a good, nice.
1: He
0: also there. sported quite bright orange hair for a while. Exactly. Yeah
3: yeah,
1: he had the yeah, he had the well, crazy orange. Invandescent with rage.
3: What
1: <laughs> what really got you into beer then?
3: For the longest time I was drinking real ale. Uh, not really thinking about it too much. I had a bit of a interest in it, but um not so much a kind of passion and uh real drive to learn more about it. But I would I would I'd try new real ales and um definitely started with the hoppier stuff you know my evolution of drinking went kind of castle rock harvest pale to um summer lightning hop back uh on jaipur by thornbridge and then eventually uh, a little bit later was brew dog punk ipa which was actually introduced by you two lovely <laughs> hosts uh, at our oh, yeah. nottingham Brewdog, dog which was yep. one of the first in the country um and that was that was kind of my like evolution into okay i like beer i like drinking beer oh this is a slightly more interesting beer okay we're getting very interesting now to oh my god this tastes like fruit are you sure it doesn't have <laughs> fruit in it And um, i pretty much seemed like vaguely remember asking a very similar question directly to you guys like <laughs> yeah. this tastes like grapefruit and melons and and mango like are you sure it doesn't have fruit in it like <laughs> no tom that's just hops <laughs> and that that definitely sparked something in me because i've always had a bit of a passion about uh learning how things are made and the ins and outs of things and uh i, I think that really sparked something in me because it was turning something that has no business being as fruity as it is into, into something incredibly flavourful and, and mind-blowing, you know, as far as flavour is concerned. So, yeah, it definitely uh, came from that kind of evolution that definitely started with real ale. Yeah? Yeah.
2: Um, and for me, it was very much Tom was finding all of these beers and he was coming home with oh look I've just found this really new exciting interesting beer because at the time I was kind of you know I was late teens and you know I'd go out of an evening and I'd drink Jack Daniels and coke quite happily all night and you know we I'd, I'd have I'd have a beer more than happy to have a beer but like Tom said wouldn't really think that much about what I was drinking and I think at the time it wasn't uh, obviously there was choice, but I don't think it was so varied. Like I know a lot of the pubs that I used to go into, mm. they maybe would have a couple of like keg taps, but you definitely wouldn't have go into a pub and have ten craft like lines no, Yeah, sure. Or, or keg yeah. or you know. Um, so yeah, Tom Tom kept coming home with all these uh, new weird and wonderful brews, and I used to sort of try them and be like, mm, yeah, all right, you know, whatever. Um, but it was actually when Tom you know Tom started home brewing and then I was kind of like actually this is really fun and this you is creative what's
0: all this crap all over the yeah, house I should yeah. probably start getting <laughs> into this otherwise yeah. it will drive exactly. me mad why is are that... you
3: making a 30 litre batch of porridge
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of creative element that you know uh, really in, sort of intrigued me and then I started discovering this so for example um I mean fruit beers massively um, so you had like Leafman's Frutise for yeah. example Leafman's Creek one of our local pubs had Leafman's Creek on tap and I would quite happily That'd go in <laughs> and and just sink six pints of it and every time I went up to the bar, they'd go, You do realise that this is £5 a pint. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then it was oh, like, Oh, those are the oh days.
0: <laughs> you know, or,
3: like, You do realise this is a sour beer. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um,
0: Damn, that's, that's a food. discussion for And another I've got mine. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, but no, so, and, and you know, back then it was kind of like, Oh, you know, £5 for a pint. It was, Oh, what is this? You know, it's, yeah. it's far removed from the £3 cast pint. But so those are the sort of beers that really got me in. And then I found uh, Sours. Um, you know, Magic Rock, um, Salty Kiss. I yeah. mean, was was oh, a massive yeah, favourite yeah, no, that of mine. One. I used to just buy cans and cans of that. Yeah, you're big into that. Yeah, massive into that. Um, and then you know, I got on uh, Flaws <laughs> <laughs> introduced <laughs> me to a little brewery called Cantillon, <laughs> and um, just a little, just brewery. a little brewery. This is the one you may have heard. Of um, and you know, then things like Creek Boone came, you know, came into sort of um, into my taste buds and it was just it was just unbelievable um and it completely opened up everything for me and um yeah and then we started we started brewing together
0: and the rest is history as they say yeah as they they say indeed i mean i'm very interested in that that leap that you take when you go i really like this this is like a this is a hobby for me it's nice it's nice to go out and be very picky and choosy about what i'm drinking of an evening but at what point do you turn to each other and go, you know what? what, we can do this. We can turn this into a business. You're already a home brewer. I'm already business genius.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I won't <laughs> go that far. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> Your but...
1: credentials proceed.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, at what stage does it go? do you go from this is my hobby to this is now my a viable business something that
3: you think you could nail and do so I think that started so I was literally a home brewer for probably about three months before I got a job in a brewery in Nottingham called Totally Brewed and um, at the time and I didn't really uh, allude to it to my boss in my interview or even in the following months but I was literally brewing extract beers, I wasn't full mashing I was still writing my own recipes wasn't using kits by any means which I don't really don't favour the, the homebrew kit. I much prefer writing recipe from scratch. I think it's
2: that sense of creativity. That, that sense that of creativity with, yeah, right, and recipe. like
3: blending flavors, and that's where the passion really lies in brewing for me. Um, and so yeah, I managed to get this job in a in a new startup kind of real ale craft brewery in Nottingham, and basically work. I say working my way up. I was the first employee, but. um doing everything there from cast washing to digging the mash to even eventually writing and brewing some recipes, I felt like, other than really the business side of things, I felt like I had the process down and it was two and a half years spent uh getting, applying my trade, um, doing research all the time. There's no better time to listen to podcasts when you're on a cask washer. This is very true. Yeah. As Flosswell <laughs> knows, it's, uh, it's a nightmarishly uh, Repetitive tasks. Yeah, so
2: can I just say, if you are currently listening and cask washing, yes. hello. <laughs> hello, Hi. We're, with with you. we're with you. Can you. <laughs> you
3: can we do this. We believe this. You can <laughs> get through the day. We've been there. I've been there. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It will come to greater things. Power
2: through and take Power that through. beer
0: later. <laughs> and if you're not,
3: then why not?
2: Yes. Get into a <laughs> brewery now
3: and do some casting?
2: Go part. and
0: wash something for God's sake. All <laughs> of the brewing jobs are cleaning, aren't yeah. they? <laughs>
3: brewing is, and, and this yes. is one thing. So actually, I started listening to the brewing process before I worked in the brewery and I was uh, listening to them while I was making furniture in a, in a workshop and again, very, very repetitive jobs. I'd be on one machine for like three days a week and um, it's, it's funny that you say that, Miranda, it's like um, it actually got to the point where it was, every other episode they were just like, if you like cleaning, you'll like brewing as a hobby. And it really <laughs> is true. Clean, brewing is 90% clean. Well, perhaps not 90% but not when you run the business. So at least 75% cleaning. It's, yeah, uh, yes. it's a huge, huge part of the job.
2: So, I basically then saw, you know, uh, Tom got his job in the brewery. I was um, an event manager at the time. I was um, sort of in the events industry and, you know, wasn't really loving what I was doing. Um, High stress. Saw, little saw, yeah, saw Tom, uh, you know, obviously carrying on his home brewing. They were getting tastier, not gonna lie. Like, I was getting involved. <laughs> I was getting involved. That's where Pink Moon, you know, started to creep in and I started know coming up with ideas and thinking oh maybe we could do this maybe we could do that um and I'm very like just sod it life's too short yeah and you know I have like I just had massive confidence not arrogance at all but just massive confidence in Tom and thought that you know what I've got the skill set of the business and organization side um with a little bit of help you know at the time on, on the brewing side and on the creativity side mm. and you know Tom was massively developing his skills in the brewing side and you know life's too short we went into it thinking let's just try it you know if yeah, we yeah. try it and it doesn't work we did it and when we look back we can say oh yeah do you remember that time we started a brewery and it failed lol <laughs> but we'll still be sat in a pub somewhere having a nice pint yeah you know, it's, absolutely so yeah we very much had a sod it attitude and luckily it seems to be going all right <laughs> so far yeah. so wow. yeah
3: it was, it was two and a half two and a half years at and we literally just went, right, now's the time. Yeah. And I don't really know what triggered it no. massively. But, no. um, it, it just felt right. It just yeah. felt right. It just felt right. We'd actually already registered our brewery name the previous winter. And I handed my notice in around this time, actually. Mm. Um, in, 20, in August time, yeah. 2017? Mm. Oh, okay. you're, looking at, you're looking at a three-year anniversary Yes, uh yeah, so September would be when we first announced the brewery, September twenty seventeen. Um and we released our first beers in October twenty seventeen in bottle to put home brewed in our shed. basically <laughs> I say home brewed, you know, we we're professionally uh you know, we we're all registered with HMRC and we'd had, you know, environmental health over and stuff like that. But So to um, the highest standard. Highest yeah. standard. Essentially homebrewed, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, nano nano-brewed, nano-brewed. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a pretty big leap and it was a bit scary. We
2: but nothing. I just mind of the opinion that nothing that's worth doing is not scary. You know, it's just Absolutely. like you just go for it, and um, if it fails, then you've you've got the experience.
0: And yeah. you can learn from all the absolutely, as well. yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't stop you from starting another brewery if it, if everything went yeah. itself. If, yeah, it's, absolutely, yeah.
2: If we have you know put the liquid light name out there and people are gone, what on earth is this? <laughs> this is rubbish. You, you know, got nothing we, to lose, we, you? we we did actually have you know we had a few different concepts, but what we settled on was liquid light. Which, if am I right to give a brief history? Yeah, of that? Of yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so liquid light um, is the projections and artwork that was. Um, very closely linked to the psychedelic movement of the 1960s, um, so a lot of a lot of people used to um, take projectors um, and all sorts of equipment to gigs, festivals, art installations, that sort of thing. And it's literally just a mix of water, oils, candle dyes, anything really that interacts with each other. Sometimes it's heated. Um, a lot of people use different sort of colorways, prisms. Anything like that yeah. to, to influence the show, but um, in an
3: entirely analog process, an entirely as well, analog process, which is something yeah. that we've always had passion for. Because yeah. you know, I come from like a passion of analog photography, and we talk about turning, you know, going going forward into a, a career of something that we've got a passion for. I always thought it was going to be photography, but it it never really clicked for me, and I felt I went into gig photography, and it never really led to anything and i feel i felt like the the kind of era of really being able to follow a band around and take amazing like photographs and stuff has kind of passed so uh that didn't take but yeah the the analog nature of, yeah. of, liquid, light, sort of so liquid light projection
2: the liquid light yeah was basically an amalgamation of creativity art and music and, and it was also so And a little close. bit of science. And a right? little bit of science. Um with, yeah, which we just, just thought encompassed <laughs> just everything. And it was it you know, it was um, a movement which was very closely associated with a lot of the bands we loved. Yeah. Um, you know, Pink Floyd, psychedelic bands. Yeah. Um you know. Even people... going
3: on to like heavy metal and prog. Yeah, there's absolutely. still like a, and then further into kind of doom metal and stuff, there's there's this constant like uh um, almost like a throwback throwback yeah. to the to the uh like roger dean uh covers of uh the 70s prog albums and stuff and yeah, absolutely, know, yeah it's definitely something that's taken on by a lot of doom bands and that's that was just the progress that you know we could see throughout like the 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 artistic influence through all these bands just really carried and and uh you know spoke to our our kind of
2: passions yeah so art music and science liquid light all came together and it just clicked for us yeah
3: absolutely
1: so that uh you know you've mentioned a couple of times obviously the artistic approach you know small amounts of science (laughs) (laughs) Um, but massively one thing that comes across not only in what you know you guys sort of wear you know on your on your sleeve as a passion but it obviously works as name uh, it's namesakes into your beers music so tell us a little bit about a little bit about that you know that you've got a huge musical influence behind you
3: so i mean both me and grace and, uh, uh, well we actually met through music we that's I've... what i wanted to know yes, yes. So <laughs> come on let's well, we story. All want to know. what
0: how did you get together
3: <laughs> I was playing in a, a Doomed Sludge band called Iron Swan. Yes. Uh, there is stuff on Bandcamp.
2: Oh, what a shameless it. plug. <laughs> uh,
3: we haven't done it, we are not. They're
2: disbanded, not, just disbanded a before time everyone time gets yet. excited about the upcoming tour. No, <laughs> no, let everyone
0: demand yeah. the return, you know? You <laughs> yeah, might suddenly get like a- Swan I yeah, right. totally. was... We've upset Ozzy. Oh, case oh. oh, yes. Well, because you can't hear him, because he's so good and quiet, Tom and Grace have recently got a little a little black dash, and
2: they yeah. called him Aussie. He is well. His full title is Aussie Prince of Darkness. Of course, oh, um, yeah, named after name. you know uh, my well. My favorite band of all time is Black Sabbath, so obviously he's named after the the front man. Um, <laughs> he is just for everyone because you can't see him, and because I'm a very proud dog mother now. Um, he is entirely black, apart from the fact that he has. um Small bits of brown on the backs of his legs, little, which is
3: little brown cankles.
2: ridiculously cute. But yeah, anyway, I'm so going to really start talking about him now. No, no don't, don't, we'll don't, just go don't, on. Don't like, talk to like, too yeah. far of a tangent. Yeah. Oh no, I
3: mean, I'm sure <laughs> it's a little bit. too I mean, far yeah,
0: away. it'll be an hour of how cute is Osmel, <laughs> and none of you can see him, so it doesn't yeah. really.
1: Yeah, we'll perch a picture.
3: Back, back to, to the music. back to the music. Um, I was, I was playing in a band. Um, Grace was photographing that night and... Yeah,
2: this was a music festival. A music I was a, festival. I was doing a lot of gig photography at the time because I was doing a photography course at college. Um, I saw a load of hairy dudes come on stage. <laughs> and <laughs> and I thought, I like, I've got to get
0: up there. Do you
2: know what? I might just stay for this one because uh, I was actually going to go. And then... Um, <laughs> I saw a load of hairy lads and I thought I might like what these lads are playing good old hairy lads there's ever a draw (laughs) yeah exactly I mean just pop some looks fantastic
3: behind the lens as well (laughs) Um, sweaty from a bit of distance (laughs) (laughs) Uh, those photographs were not pretty but we basically connected over Facebook Uh, we didn't get to talk after the gig because it was a big festival and there was like a 10 minute change over time and it was actually there was a massive th- summer thunderstorm outside, so we were chucking the gear into the van as quickly as possible. So yeah, it was it was no time to talk to Grace, but I did spot her at the time. And then you I was like, this sexy mix? Well, I was not, I'm obviously talking about photography earlier. I, I'm big into my photography. He so was looking
2: at my camera. I was looking
0: at uh-huh. camera. Oh, I bet he was.
3: <laughs> um, yeah, that's what, I what he told her, you. Look at where camera was and tell me about your lenses. Um, no, uh, so she. Grace, ended up sending us um, the photographs on Facebook and it was at that point that we kind of had a chat and started.
2: And met up and that's it. That's the there's... moment he slid into your DMs. I slid yeah. into
3: her DMs and then yeah. there's, there's,
1: As
2: the kids say now.
3: How it started. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See
1: I always thought that was about Doc Martens and I thought I'm yeah. sure
2: they're not into Doc <laughs> <Yeah>. Martens. <laughs> yeah. And no one's
1: sliding oh.
0: into no one's my DMs. No one's
1: like...
3: sliding into no oh, well, one's, one's DMs. That's what I was thinking <laughs> it's like <laughs> you've
1: got different <laughs> foot
0: <Yeah>. sites. <laughs> Hell. And then you have to walk on blisters. I mean, it's not sexy. It's
2: <laughs> The music thing. I think that, um, you know, we, we both come from quite a sort of heavy music background. So for me personally, um, I grew up on a lot of kind of, well, ACDC, Queen,
1: mm.
2: Meatloaf, T Rex, Slade, that kind of sort of, um, you know, 70s era of rock. Then gradually getting in. I think I discovered Black Sabbath when I was about twelve, and had my mind blown open. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, it was just yeah, unbelievable. So Black Sabbath came along, and then I got into a lot of heavier stuff. I had my, I think as a lot of teenagers do, I had my sort of um, thrash metal stage, being an angry teenager with my Slayer and my Pantera. Pantera. And, And then you know when we met it was kind of like, oh, yeah, we like all these same bands. But we do have a very eclectic mix. So, um, you know, a lot of uh, we we bring that into our mm-hmm. into our name, beer names. Um, so we've done everything from kind of Electric Wizard um, to the more doom metal side of it. We've got um, a Beatles lyric. That's one of mm-hmm. my all time favorite bands. Uh, you know, we've got references to David Bowie. Uh, T-Rex,
3: Nirvana, that's yep. one of Tom's... Nirvana's yeah. right up there with me, and uh, obviously Nick Drake, Pink Moon, yeah. pretty much our flagship beer, and one of my all-time... if Well, my all-time favourite artist. So, you yeah, know, eclectic everything from 60s acoustic folk to a uh, 2000s heavy... It's quite...
2: Doom. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's quite expensive. <laughs> you <Yeah, laughs> know it's, yeah. and it's yeah, what's really theme nice theme. as well. A lot of people um, will come up to us at beer festivals um because they want to try the beer, but yeah. because also and it'll click with them so it's really nice because they'll be looking at what's on and they'll go freak out freak out why do i know that and it'll click and it's like this little light bulb moment and their eyes will light up and they'll go oh, zapper and they'll look at you like and especially, you i think i think me um you know being sort of like <laughs> mid sort of you know early mid-twenties um and they're like what you like Frank Zappa, <laughs> and I'm like, and then I start, you know, talking to them about Frank Zappa, and it's that connection with people. It's not just the fact that they're coming up to you to try your beer, and that in itself is exciting enough. But the fact that then you can have an another connection with them over yeah, the music yeah, yeah, is just—it's so like—it's just a unifying thing, isn't it? It's and you meet
3: brilliant. a lot of interesting people through it as well. Yeah, you know, we've had all sorts of our people yeah. who have roadied for for famous <laughs> yeah. bands, and um, you know, we've not. On this trip down here, we've uh, picked up uh, components from an old defunct Liquid Light show that um, toured with Black Sabbath. Yeah, which I uh, may um, say, say. Like, I I nearly, have a I
2: nearly got down and did the Wayne's World thing when he said, <laughs> <laughs> like, I am not worthy of you, it tell was, me everything. It was
3: Ozzy's like... last tour in the early yes, 80s. That, you know, We're into this and people just want to talk about it and it's fantastic because you know, I love talking about beer, but I think I love talking about music a little bit more. Yeah, and
2: the two definitely <gasps> no. go hand uh, in hand. Little.
3: I think it's a good
1: thing, because, I mean, the beer is the is the passion for the business, and then, yet yeah, you've always got to have something that stimulates you behind that as well. Mm-hmm. It's like a little something different that is a little bit of your personal something-something.
2: Absolutely, and that's, I think, um, just with brands in general. I mean, I know the sort of brands that I follow and that I buy from are often just people that just love what they're doing and you can see that and they just stay true to themselves they do what they love and it comes through Mm -hmm. and then it's so nice that people have said that to us as well i think that's probably one of the biggest compliments like yes obviously it's great when people come up and say this is the best ipa i've had in ages (laughs) or whatever but it's the fact that people come up and say i really love what you're doing yeah in general
1: no, absolutely. You know,
2: it's that's just it's really sort of affirming.
1: Yeah. Because
2: we tough, we right. love what we do, and if that comes across and other people enjoy it half as much, then we're on to a winner. Really. Absolutely. absolutely,
1: you are. Yeah. It just takes me on to another point that I wanted to ask you guys about, which is, you know, you talk about brands there, and um, you know, to be brand conscious in a modern age is is obviously significant to how well your business will do and how successful you are, but to also you know to be true to yourselves. So you guys have tied in that music element, um, but you've also got incredibly strong branding. You've got the Liquid Light visual, mm-hmm. as well as the Liquid Light branding, the name and the the symbol. Could you tell us anything about that? Because I think it's really, really, it's really strong and people, it stays in their mind.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of our um, good friends did our uh, branding originally, so... Um, well,
3: before that, Brother Joe, um, Another family member, who probably will never appear on this podcast. Uh, he well, actually... I tell you what, he's
0: actually writing the music for it.
3: Oh, there really? you are. So, Brother Joe, who writes the music for this very podcast, <laughs> um, he actually... We were all sitting down watching a uh, documentary on Pink Floyd one night, and there was footage of them in the UFO club. And we were desperately... This was before we even registered the name, and we were desperately trying to think of a name for the brewery, because we knew we wanted to do it. And... Um, he suggested liquid light brewing company so it was it was actually down to him that, that brought the name forward and it made so much sense that's
2: so, and it just clicked you know it, it was just like clicked. that's it yeah. Don't need it's need a need think genius it. it's yeah. such yeah. a good name so
1: ultimately sid barrows behind all of it exactly yeah. we owe him a lot <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
2: and then yes yeah, so we um one of our good friends um was doing some design stuff and is basically just an all-round absolute magician at everything he does yeah. um he was one of those people like uh, just going back to the previous point of those sort of like-minded people so you get people coming up you know talking about the music he just got it he yeah. just as soon as we told him about it he just understood because he's into exactly the same music loves a pint um and a just, yeah and he just absolutely it just clicked with him we didn't have to explain any, you know, in, in great detail or anything and he just went off and did his thing and he came back with this logo Yeah. and as soon as we saw it we were just like, this is it this so
0: is awesome it, model. so just a
2: just a little brief history on, the, a brief sort of uh, dissection of the logo yes, um, not many people so, know these so, details, yeah, so it's a, a triangle, um, yeah. with a water droplet in the middle the two points of the triangle never meet, <gasps>
0: No. I've um, never noticed yes. that. No, the infinite point <gasps> yes. that you never see.
2: Exactly. yeah, So they never meet. So it's for the infinity reason. itself. Exactly. So yes.
3: you've got and and that for the reason the reason for that is you've got two L's. Yeah. Yeah. One is backwards, but you've got two L's, so that's liquid light. Yeah. Um, you've also got um, the main ingredients of brewing. Ah yes. So yeast, malt, hops, and water. Yeah. Water I, being A droplet. Um, you've also got a custom font that he designed for us, um, which,
2: which uh, if you look closely, the
3: two most embellished characters on there are the Q and the G. So yeah. I like to think the G is for grace, yes. yeah. with a little droplet, and the Q uh, is a bearded man.
0: It is a beard. It's a <laughs> Oh my god! Like I just, I looked at the logo when I first saw it, and I was like, "That's fucking genius!" You know, you've got a triangle. It's really nice, clear symbol. You've got the droplets With going the, the dropper and, and it's <laughs> shiny. Also, it's like the light can shine through the drop. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. It's you know, really good on a pump lip. It looks great on a pump clip, But oh my god, you've just like blown yeah. my There's brain. There's so many back. aspects to it. There yeah. really is so many. Aspects and
2: also, to it. as I absolutely love him, and like I said, he's a little bit of a genius. There are things that to date he has not told us about the. Logo. Oh, he loves
0: his hidden symbols. He does, yeah. yeah. If he you does. go on the, um, so there
2: is yeah. even things that we, we don't know about don't know symbol, about, about the symbol and what it you know I mean. So I'll probably
3: take them to the grave. <laughs>
2: you well, you might well
3: do. He's, he's, he's that mysterious.
0: He's a mysterious man. He is indeed. So, um, speaking of range, where yeah. do you think this one sits? Like. Not to try and get you to rate your range, but to give us a bit of an overview. So
2: we um we sort of tried to start with a bit of a core range. I think any sort of any brewery that starts out, I think it's good to establish you know, your core range. It's good to establish beers that people know you for, yeah. gets you on the map, gets people to know gets about repeat you. repeat orders from Republicans and, yeah, and the public a lot. Um, you know, you, you think of uh you think of Magic Rock for example. Anyone mm-hmm. like that. So High wire automatically yeah. yeah. was out the gates you know, you've got Beavertown, Gamma Ray,
1: yeah.
2: Brew Dog, Punk IPA. You had those sort of big hitters that you you know, you just know. We've been lucky enough, so we, um, you know, we started off with a beer called Less Dangerous, um, which was a Session Nipah.
3: I'm a huge fan of the Nipah style. I love a big, juicy IPA, but quite often they end, end up being, they tend to be on the end of uh, kind of 6% plus, and it was de- definitely like my kind of mission to make a little bit more of a sessionable version of that. And while it doesn't necessarily have the big, thick, juicy mouthfeel uh, of a stronger IPA. It's got a lot of the well, it's got the low bitterness and it's got a lot of the fruit character that I really like. But it's still a very sessionable IPA and as well something that people don't necessarily talk about. Well when you start out brewery, you want you want drinks that people are gonna smash down. You know, you want drinks that a, a keg you know, a keg isn't gonna sit on a bar for uh, 7, 14 days, you know, and you want repeat orders. And Mm. so we did actually kind of focus on the lower ABV end of things when we started, um, just to get the ball rolling. Um, we just wanted to see, you know, people drinking plenty of it and, and publicans, Happy with the product and and repeat ordering because it is competitive out on those taps these days.
2: Yeah, so we started off, so we started off with less dangerous, the session Dnieper, which we were we we're now lucky enough to be in the position where, you know, it is quite well established and people go, oh yeah, you know, less dangerous, yeah, we'll have that, great, we'll have two three kegs of it, you know, we'll have it on this weekend. So we've been very lucky in that. But um, more
3: so, pink moon. Also.
2: Yeah, so and then we again, you know, like I said earlier, pink moon just was a staple from the start. <laughs> Mainly, I think also selfishly <laughs> um, because i you know uh, i think the day the first pub that bought a keg of pink moon and the day that i went into a pub and drank a pint of pink moon was the day that i knew actually oh we've we've done this
0: like yeah. even though even though we
2: were we were starting out it was i you know i took my mum into a pub and she, i was able to order her a pint of pink moon <laughs> at the bar
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it was like oh yeah this is happening i don't know it seems like a very simple thing you know we brewed it we've just delivered it it's nothing it's nothing, you know special in the grand scheme of things but to me that sort of meant everything
3: it felt like a big um, achievement yeah it uh, did
2: massively so we had yeah so we had the the Nipa, we had pink moon um into the void which is a black sabbath reference has mm-hmm. always been uh, so our coffee porter um because we've long been a fan of beers with coffee in uh, Tom, you've you've always you know loved Porter, Porters as
3: a style. Well, Por- you? Yeah, Porters over a stout for me usually. I like the lower roast character it tends to you know edge towards chocolatiness a little more often than not. Uh, uh, can be quite decadent even without the addition of any kind of adjuncts like lactose or anything. And um, that was our plan with into the void, but with an espresso kind of twist. And we actually used uh, 200 Degrees um, Brazilian Love Affair, which is a local coffee roastery to us. Um, it's their espresso blend. Uh, and it is, well, no, I believe, uh, oh, no, it is a blend. It's not a single origin. Um, and interestingly,
1: it references a song in itself. Yes, well, exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, there's yeah, you you see it quite through our, uh, our whole process. George Duke, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Um <laughs>
1: It all ties back to Zappa. It all <laughs> ties back.
3: Um, so it's uh yeah, that beer in particular is a is a favourite of mine. We don't tend to brew it as often as we used No, to. we sort
2: no, we we try to do different sort of versions and incarnations and actually that brings us on to so that core range, we coming out the gates we kinda of wanted to prove to people that we could consistently brew you know good quality beers of varying styles that was important to us um as we've gone on even in i mean like you said it's it's three three years in october since our first beers went out into the world but in those three years a massive amount has changed i think um i think that now very much the emphasis is on the new Mm -hmm. um you get you know rather than getting like when we first started you know there was talk of sort of less dangerous permanent lines we've we've had permanent lines of pink moon. Um, And I think now we're sort of moving away from that and that it's very more consumer driven in terms of customers just wanting new 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 all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. But also equally I think that it's we've um, we're a bit more we're wanting to experiment with new things. Mm -hmm. There's so many new things coming on the market and people are doing so many different things all the time and actually We we want to get involved in that and we might see a new hop or, um, Mm. you know, a new sort of yeast or anything. And Tom goes, oh, I'd love to use that.
3: Yeah. And I think as well, like the the freedom of doing rather than committing to to brewing less dangerous every month, for example, or, um, you know, pink moon over and over again. Um, it's just so nice to experiment as a brewer. Yeah, it's more I mean, of a challenge, isn't it? More of a challenge. Everyone in like as a brewer and any brewer you talk to will in, will agree. You know, brewing a new beer it's a much more enjoyable brew day. Um, you know, you've you've worked. Or can be recipe. incredibly
1: stressful. Or yeah. it can be incredibly <laughs> stressful. <Yeah. laughs> but then at the end
3: of the day as well, you know, if anything goes wrong, oh well, it's a new beer. Yeah. It doesn't have to hit a spec that we've no, got no, re- pre-written. Exactly um so you know you can quite often salvage uh issues that uh you know kit related issues for example um but it's also given me scope to um improve my abilities as a brewer um i've you know if you're focusing on just slight tweaks to a to a base recipe you're not going to learn as much about your ability or your kit's uh quality um, uh, as you are when you're doing a new beer on it every time ta- you know every week for example so it's I, been a big thing that's
2: very um, true yeah. yeah I think what we also tend to keep in mind as well is um, you know again it comes back to this thing of well, what do we want to drink I mean a, an example for me would be uh, Cosmic Debris if we got a pound for every time we've already said Frank Zappa during yeah. the <laughs> um, so Frank Zappa is a it all yeah. to charity. Um, so sorry Frank. I mean Rip we love it. you. No, he'll be we into it. I'm um, sure yeah, it. so Cosmic Debris uh, is our blueberry goza and it was again it was just something where I think just as people I think this is why you've got to love what you do because as people who just we we go to the pub we want to try new beers we want to you know have a few pints on a Friday night whatever and you think right well what would I like to sit here and drink and if that isn't on the bar or you haven't seen that or you can't get in that in a can, you think, oh, well, I'll, I'll go and make it then, I'll make it, you know. Mm. At the time, yeah. I just, I don't know what it was, I think, I, I don't, I genuinely don't know, but I just thought Blue Brigoza, delicious. Mm. Yeah. And it's probably, that and Pink Moon are the two favourite beers that we ever Yeah, enjoyed. and it's
1: funny, it's the one that, you know, <clears throat> people that I know up and down the country, they often talk about those beers. Now maybe that's because i've probably shoved it under too many people's noses (laughs) but i don't think there's ever too many people that you can put good beer in uh, in front of their nose and um but there is there is something very special about that element of what you guys do and i think the fact that you made that just instantly just be a a thing it's like a a normal thing you know people put all sorts of things in goes these days and there's very much that approach but to have got something that worked so well and still highlighted the ever so slightly sort of you know, well more than ever so slightly but the saline quality of that beer mm. and also allowed the you know the little notes of coriander and a little bit of sharpness to shine through whilst also not becoming uh, a sweet fruity puree mess in a glass mm. which I think is often what happens when people start yeah. chucking things like Yeah, and it just it's still remarkably refreshing and, well, I'm going to say it once again, but dangerously sessionable, mm. you can, you yeah. know, I've, I've, watched, I've watched people cure hangovers with it, and I've watched people <laughs> start the next day's hangover. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think, uh, yeah, going back to, as we mentioned before, about balance of flavour and, um, yeah, absolutely, Cosmic is one of those beers where you've got a lot of elements uh, playing against each other, well, with each other, but also against each other, you know, if you go too far on the salt, it becomes unpalatable. If you go too far on the coriander, it becomes unpalatable. If you go too far on the blueberry puree, it doesn't necessarily become unpalatable, but it would it would then just be basically a smoothie pudding, Uh, which uh, you know there are a lot of smoothie lot of smoothie star beers out there, and and you know I have no problem with them, but that's not something that we've ever intended to do. Um, I've always strived for balance as a brewer. That's been absolutely other than. Uh, beers that I enjoy drinking which is number one priority number two priority is always balance and drinkability and Mm. if you don't think about those things at least a little bit you end up with something that someone might have a third of in a bar and then set down and go on to the next beer I, I want to see people drinking pints of my beer I want to see people really enjoying it and going back for more yeah, yeah. Because it's something that's a little bit of a rarity in the craft beer scene at the moment. People want the new, new, new and the next, next, next. But I like to see people repeat drinking a lot of our stuff, and that's why drinkability and balance is so important.
2: I think that's also something. So when we applied for the Thirsty Games, um, the Indian Man Beer Con Thirsty Games, I think that's something that um, they sort of picked up on was the fact that you know at the starting gates we actually had quite a wide range, but one of their comments were, they were all just so, you know, it was the drinkability. Yeah. It was, you know, no matter what sort of style you liked or your preference, actually you could pick any of them up and quite happily, you know, have a session on them. So. Yeah, which
1: is, I mean, I've, I, per, from a personal standpoint, I, I think it's something that's lacking in a lot of, uh, you know, the modern brewing industry anyway, which I'm not necessarily saying is a bad thing, but there's a lot of emphasis on, as as you guys have both said, you know, the 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 newness and something exciting and it's wow it's this but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're making balanced beer it's probably something that blows your head off for like 30 seconds and then you've had a third of it and you move on which again that's as I say that's that's all part and parcel of the you know the modern the modern scene but to have that variable skill Mm -hmm. to be able to create all these different styles and yet still central to the whole notion which to me beer is still refreshing, it's a drinkable thing, and mm-hmm. historically replaced water, and to still have that in your mind, that it's, mm-hmm. it has the ability to quench thirst and still have the quality to be able to drink. And I'm not saying to go absolutely ludicrous. And <laughs> no, can we
2: just say, disclaimer, drink responsibly, everyone. Yes, drink responsibly. When we say drink pints, drink them responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said
1: 25 pints, and I don't mean that, yes. 24, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 23
2: on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: depends how much you've done the night before. <laughs> But no, I mean, that, you know, is a very serious point and, um, and, it, and, it, and it is that, that your beer has that drinkability, but it's also, it's, it's just so well created. And so when the guys at Indie Man obviously had you along there, and it was something that I was thinking about with, you know, when you talked about how much has changed over the last nearly three years, mm-hmm. you know, you said straight out the gate. Drinkability was a big thing. Indie Man were responsive to that. You ended up in the Thirsty Games, mm-hmm. which was great, and, you know, a boon just to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you did have an enormous amount of success from doing so.
3: Yeah, well, we won We won the Thirsty game, but I think the victory itself uh, was fantastic and an incredible moment in our lives and a huge, huge achievement that we'll you know, always, always be so pleased with. Um, but it was the experience of the whole thing that really we took away, and the yeah. contacts we made and the friends we made, yeah, it's such a friendly festival, it's such a fantastic event,
2: yeah, I mean I think we need to do a little shout out to yonder yeah. yonder Brewing and blending, and also Don Zoko
3: okay. which
2: we to this day continue to be in contact with, yeah, we have been in contact with over you know the past three years, just absolutely cracking people yeah wonderful people it was it was a pleasure to be on the bar with them and also it's for not only for us and obviously the progress that we've made but it's been an absolute pleasure to also see both of those do so well well. absolutely and i think it's great great credit
1: to you guys to have to have won that accolade but it's great credit to all of you because all three of you as breweries know it's it'd be hard to split, you know, because different styles of beer and you all do it so, so well. Yeah,
2: and that was what was interesting about the competition, actually, because there was the kind of, you know, yonder, obviously it's the sort of mixed fermentation, Mm, foraging, uh, foraging, yeah, yeah, which, you know, uber, uber skilled, um, massive amounts of experience Mm. uh, doing that side of things. Then you've got Reese from, you know, just a one-man band, uh, Donzoco, which I still, to this day, have absolutely mad respect for yeah, him, okay. for and you think he must be mad do it, all <laughs> up and down he must the country. Be, he must be, and still um, nailing nice, incredibly absolutely. clean, fresh. Yeah. Like his yeah.
1: Hellas is obviously,
2: he yeah,
3: he's, he's renowned now. And and he he, I really do think that he's between him and uh, obviously locals to where we are now, lost and grounded. And
2: also there's the Baybrook as well, the Baybrook, yeah,
3: as well. Baybrook. Uh, but uh, Keller Hills and 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 uh, Northern Hellas. Uh, really, I do feel like were embryonic to the to the surge of craft lager that's really happening now. And the people are starting to really fine-tune their palates to these incredibly well made uh beers and uh yeah the huge yeah more power to them. It's fantastic. Yeah so we're gonna hear a lot more hashtag crispy boys coming <laughs> oh, back. Oh, I'd say we're a little bit yeah, we're guilty of that, but you know. Uh
2: well, yeah. someone actually tagged us, didn't they? Yeah, we've, we been, were tagged, like, we've been tagged. It was one of them boys. awful things where you go, oh, no, I'm so old now. Like, I'm not up on this lingo. Hashtag crispy boy. I was like, Tom? Huh? Do yeah, you know what? Tom's trying to
3: one? Oh, crap, we've got to learn it. <laughs> um, no, uh, it, it, it's part of the fun of the craft beer industry is the, the community that surrounds it. And um, the, the hashtags that come for it, I remember when it was hashtag fuss or uh, <laughs> hashtag murk. Uh, that was a
2: while ago now. Haze,
3: haze for days <laughs> yeah. and those kind of things. And it, it it is exciting and I think it can be seen as cynical for a brewery to adapt those kind of uh like, you know, marketing schemes as as if you you know, if you like. But I feel like it's just a little nod to the community. And
2: Yeah, ultimately they're the people that are gonna be drinking the beer and absolutely. if there's no people to drink the beer then what's the point in doing it?
1: <laughs> absolutely. Right there well, also talking about crispy boys. So you guys have recently made a Hellispock flow motion. I'm gonna crack this open. Do you wanna tell us a little bit about it whilst I'm doing so?
3: Yeah, so it's genuinely my first ever foray into lager as a as a brewer and it uh, was a very intimidating prospect, but I have to say when lockdown hit I'm definitely not of one of the only people who put decided that putting a lager in tank was a good idea. Um and for once you know, we had the luxury of having empty tanks, so a slightly uh, kind of darker and more robust style to a lot of the Pilsners and uh, Hellas out there. I wanted to do something a little bit different to what everyone was doing. Not that I don't want to do a Pilsner or a Hellas at some point. Yeah, I approached it as a Hellas Bach purely because uh it tends to be a slightly hoppier style. Obviously, I really like working with hops. Yeah, so it's a um, kind of basic Hellas um uh, malt base with a decent flame-out addition of lemon drop and a dry hopped with
1: lemon drop. I'll tell you what, so now you tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean that's not being
3: clarified, but that is bright. It's Crispy boy. All our stuff is vegan friendly. Yeah,
2: We that's don't one, use
3: yeah. uh Isinglass. That's
2: been quite important to us actually. Really. Um, yeah,
3: Just because there's, there's a couple of things we like to do and one of them uh, yeah, if we 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 want to, we want to try and keep all our beers vegan friendly. We've never done anything with lactose, and we've never done anything with finings. So. Um, it's just easy to just say. People ask, oh, beer's vegan fr- uh Do you have any vegan friendly beers?" You just say, "Yes, yes, our all our yes. beers are vegan so friendly. Yes,
0: so much easier." And <laughs> yeah, um, I don't
2: really
3: of... believe in in finings.
2: No, we want it. we want all the products to just be as natural as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: it's a great you know it's a great uh, thing because you know not just that more people are vegan now, but it gives a lot of people options that maybe where they've got allergies or this, that, and the other. Yeah. But you also are saying ultimately, well, we can make beers, and it's not making a sacrifice to make them for no, everybody. Not You're not sacrificing Absolutely. the quality. In fact, actually, a lot of the time you've gone, we're emphasising the qualities here. This is yeah. a good quality beer. You've not gone, oh, we just haven't found it, and we haven't tried to do. It. Your beers still have a great, you know, a, uh, the, you know, the unfind beers, if you like, that people talk about, and sort of New England styles often. Mm. They have a nice, solid haze. It doesn't look like you've got in two layers. Absolutely. So it's very, very much, you know, a tribute to you guys that that's it's very, very process based and very, very balanced. Everything looks good, it smells good, it tastes good, and it's suitable for, you know, most people to have unless absolutely, they're allergic to
3: yeah. alcohol. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. The only thing I will say is about this: that while it's not fine with artisan glass, we did use a silicate-based fining uh, called browsol. However, we wanted just that extra clarity because it would add something to our range that we don't usually do. Distinguishes it already, It distinguishes yeah. it away from a lot of our other beers. And we did it again for the same reasons: we deliberately didn't dry, double dry hop it for any bio transformation. Um, as we tend to do with every single pale ale pretty much. I don't think I've ever done a pale ale that's not been double dry hot. Um, and also, it's just it's just nice to know that we can do it yeah. when yeah. we want yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know?
2: Also, the reason that it's taken us so long to do this sort of style of beer is, is mainly due to our sort of limited tank space. We are, we always have, and we are still Cuckoo Brewers. Um, so currently we don't have our own premises We'll say rent, rent space, rent time um, at another brewery called Magpie Brewery, um, who are based where if, if any of you know Nottingham, we're kind of just behind the Notts County ground, um, just off Trent Bridge. So we have two fermenters that we regularly use there. One, One of
3: which is our own uh, 12 barrel uh, double skin conical fermenter that allows us to do a lot of the more modern kind of ec- double dry hop kind of beers that we do. Uh, the other is a, a kind of more shallow conical, uh, more about five barrels, which this was actually brewed in. Um, and yeah, so we, we have pretty limited tank space. We occasionally manage to sneak into a couple of uh, magpies open tops when they're not using them for the odd <laughs> yeah. batch of porter or stout or occasionally even the fruit beers.
2: And it's it's quite funny when... It's very flattering. Don't get me wrong; it's very flattering, but it's quite funny when people sort of contact us and they don't realise how small we are. <laughs> um, you know, up until a few weeks ago, it it has just Tom's been the only full time employee. I've been employed elsewhere and you know worked part time for the company. Yeah, congratulations, so it's girls, thank you. Yeah. It's um it it, ha- it has always been a small operation. We don't own our own brewery, um, and you know we just we're just trying to sort of crack on and get as as many sort of new beers and experiment in any ways that we can really at the minute absolutely. but magpie we have to say have been absolutely yeah. amazing
3: yeah instrumental um, in our business absolutely we kind of we, you we know we not be here without
2: them and it's something that we'd love to do in the future the fact that someone's opened us with absolutely uh, welcomed us with absolutely open arms uh, allowed us to do any sort of weird and wacky things that we want to do yeah yeah um and, and there's not many
1: breweries out there that uh, would Exactly, that. exactly. Well, and they've allowed
2: us to use their space and um, it's something that when we get our own kit, we'd love to do in, in the future.
3: Absolutely. I mean like, you know, brewing a kettle sour in a predominantly traditional clean uh, fermentation, clean fermentation brewery. cast brewery is uh, a big ask of Gavin at uh, Magpie and he's quite graciously allowed us to do so and we've been very pleased with that. And yeah he's been absolutely amazing um, I mean as we mentioned the barrel tank is his but we exclusively use it and have them for about two years now um so yeah we've been nowhere without them um and it's almost become a little bit of a brewing community we've got a couple of other cookie brewers that come in uh, flipside and uh, lazy bay of nottingham um so it's it's become a little bit of a hub and it's and we're all doing such different things and it's fascinating to see how people manipulate the kit in different ways and you have had yeah. to learn a lot about trying to get a, a very kind of uh stripped down real ale kit to do things like whirlpool and yeah it's um, a bit of a challenge really, so, isn't yeah it? it has been a bit of a challenge um and i feel like you know if we can brew the beers on that we brew on that kit we can brew them anywhere in the world well, and this is it and the skill of
1: the artist is you know not when you give them the entire palette, it's when you take things away from them to see what they can do with that. Mm. It doesn't always mean you're gonna have everything that you want, but mm. actually, it makes you makes you better at what you do because you know mm. how to work with your you know not just one hand tied behind your back a lot of the time, but both. And so you you mm. become a mouth painter at that point. Mm. And <laughs> so from that you know that point of view, you know, you guys have done amazing with that. But it's you know also, as you say, a big shout out to the guys at Magpie for first of all allowing you in
3: there and then mm-hmm. and then also now you're going,
1: Yeah, all right, you can do that crazy yeah, shit. Yeah. Well,
3: I mean, for God's sake, the place is not the hugest brewery in the world and Gavin, bless him, forklifted our ten barrel tank in there and it yes, was that's hairy really scary. as scary. <laughs> there was a couple of points where the tank barely fit through, I had to I had to actually physically bend the CIP arm bracket on our tank, so it would squeeze through us the a The yeah. classic. So, yeah, it was, it's, it,
2: it was very we, hairy. We a lot we of brewers
3: will associate
1: it. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> we yeah. didn't think
2: at one point we were going to get squashed. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know? <laughs> but hey, you know, all, all part of the fun.
3: And so, that, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Tom, you, after you. Well, all I was going to say is and that comes back to the fact that, obviously, this is the first lago we've done due to lack of tank space, and we'd very much love to do more, and we will. But it does tie up a tank for a decent amount of time, you know a real ale, turnover on a real ale without any kind of dry hop additions can be as little as two weeks, whereas uh, a turnover on a lager, for four to eight weeks, depending on the style, um, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. Well, this was in tank for eight weeks, even longer depending on the style, um, we'd you know, we'd like to leave, leave it at least six weeks um, with various kind of uh, conditioning rests. So it's... It's definitely a challenge to brew beers like this when you're as small as we are, which is why you don't see as many lagers from smaller breweries. No, exactly, yeah. Um, but we it's definitely, after the success of this, not necessarily through any kind of amazing reviews, although we've had very kind words from many people, uh, just from our own satisfaction with this product, we will do more and varying styles. Well, I, I hope so, because you, know, you
1: talk about the Lemon Drop uh, edition, <coughs> Both hot side and cold side. Uh, for me, it's really, really shining through this. You know, on this can, I'm just The instant thing was that pop, that lovely fresh lemon, which is like SARS on, on you know, ecstasy rather than yeah. on speed or steroids. It's got a really nice shiny vibrancy that is mm. is uh, is a nice layer on top of just a little bit of just a tiny touch of toast and a little bit yeah. of sort of melanoidin, sort of sweet honey it's, aroma, yes, and it's. It. It's still very crisp and very clean in the palate. It doesn't uh, cloy at all, which a lot of, just to clarify that, a lot of you know he- uh, people's attempts at like hellish box styles and my box end up being quite full and bready in the mouth, and really mm. it's supposed to be a style that still, although it's bigger in alcohol, uh, tends to still just like, dry up there's a lot of you know Bavarian breweries can do they just they get that beer to be bready and then dry afterwards so it doesn't just stick around mm-hmm. so i think you know that's a cracking a cracking uh, job you've done uh, and i you know i'm really be to, i'm really delighted to be able to say to you guys you know how good that is yes and so again it. another sexy shiny can yeah <laughs> lovely lemon yes, and lemon and lime you know all over it splattered about the place and you know and it, it just look it just looks great
2: that was actually a fun fact for everyone. That was actually one of our first uh, liquid light shows that we did. Oh, That's it. Nice. So the yeah, so the um, the artwork on that can is yeah, it's from a couple of well, years ago. One of the oldest yeah. photographs we've <laughs> taken of our yeah. And artwork, the so. just a uh, shout out to Can, <laughs> which
0: uh, flow motion is referenced. Yes. Right,
1: yes, and a cracking album, very much uh, under undervalued. Yeah. yeah.
0: We might have to make a playlist for this episode oh, that you yeah. can Great tag. Or yeah. We often cool stuff do stuff. for our tap takeovers. Yes, oh, yeah, playlist. yeah.
1: We have
3: a we have a curated playlist for tap yeah. takeovers. I'm yeah. all
1: about that. I used to, when I was uh, at the beer and forum, used to get people to do that as well. Mm. Um, used to want to get the brewers to come down and do the playlist, or maybe yeah. choose some of something for the food to go on and what. Absolutely,
2: yeah.
1: So I mean, we've talked about where you're at now and what you're you know you're doing and able to do, uh, miraculously on the on the kit you've got and. Um, But you did actually start out with a little bit more humble approach to your your brewing. Can you tell us just a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, so we actually started in our shed um, in Smenton, where we live.
1: When we
2: say shed, we mean a literal literal garden shed.
1: We don't mean like an outbuilding. Your standard standard buy from B&Q, pop the four walls at the same. Which we did,
0: Uh, yeah. Which
3: we did. A little 70 litre homebrew kit. Uh, that I'd kind of cobbled together over the years. I was working at Totally Brewed and a little larder fridge that we used to ferment two fermenters at a time. So, you know, four kegs worth, 30 litre kegs worth at a time brewing at any one point. So really very, very little beer. And Um, we, you
2: know, we still got that kit. And, you know, although we've not had much time recently, our intention is still to, you know, brew sort of smaller batches, mm -hmm. you know, just for experimentation. Yeah, um, yeah. and if then a couple of kegs of a one-off go out into the world then that might be something interesting to get feedback look for out people. festivals yeah.
1: <laughs> when festivals restart oh, yeah. yeah. um, in
3: 20 yeah. years yeah. and we have done that we have done that over the years it's produced something completely mad and new on the on the little kit and something we wouldn't necessarily be able to do or afford to do on the big kit um, so yeah it's it's definitely something we really want to continue perhaps even going a little bit wild with it, but... Ooh.
1: the <sighs> aroma. I that's so, it. So, the room is filled with the smell of Spaceball Ricochet.
0: Oh, yes. So, what, the Spaceball Ricochet is your le- latest release?
3: No, uh, the um, uh, the is slightly after it, I think. But, um, slightly after,
0: but this is one of your more recent
3: more beers. Recent years, yeah,
2: so this was canned kind of a
3: month ago, I believe. And we've almost sold out.
2: Already,
3: handful of cases. in surprise. So it's our New England pale ale. Um, we've been working on this style for a long time, and uh, between New England pales and New England IPAs, and Obviously a lot of people are doing it and it is a very popular style, but it is a personal favourite of ours, which is why we've been trying to perfect it for so long. Okay, so it's uh, got Amarillo and Citra Leaf uh, in the flame out uh, of the boil, and Idaho Seven and Sabro uh, double dry hopped. Now Sabro is a little bit of the flavour at the moment. Uh, It's a pretty damned new hop. Its uh, lineage is... Uh, so I think it's a Neo Mexicanus variety, right, a Wild
1: yeah. uh, South American
3: um, Mexican varieties. Very strong coconut aroma and flavour. Kind of more modern favourite hop flavours such as, you know, tropical fruit and stone fruit. Um, it therefore for me was the instant choice for a collaboration with some of our favourite hops. Um, and I feel like we've struck a balance in this where the coconut isn't so dominant. It can put a lot of people off, and it still has put people off with this beer. Um,
2: yeah, it's quite, it's very, I've always found um, people's palates very interesting, mm. like massively mm. interesting. So um, yeah, as soon as we said coconut with this one, a lot of people were like, well, I'm not uh, I, don't I don't like, like, like coconuts. coconut. And also, what's quite interesting is, going back to Pink Moon, uh, some people see that as, uh, they have Pink Moon and they go, oh, it's so tart. You know, and I've always found whatever beers we've done, I've always found people's palettes so it's just fascinating. Yeah, yeah it, it is fascinating, fascinating how it? everyone perceives uh, everything. The palette's like a
3: fingerprint.
0: Yeah. It mm. really is. Yeah.
3: Everyone's is different. Um and some people are so sensitive to some things. I'm particularly sensitive to a couple of brewing faults which are is quite useful
2: you see whereas i'm i'm far more sensitive to bitterness you're very sensitive to business and I'm... not
3: at all sensitive to sourness no
2: so uh, yeah i i can drink sours all day long and i'll have a sour um go oh yeah tom try this and he'll have it and absolutely like crinkle his face up and go That's just how are you even drinking that um mm-hmm. i just don't detect that but i'm yeah quite susceptible to bitterness which is why i'm a, mm-hmm. a big fan of the of the new england yeah because it's um, so low in bitterness. which is what yeah i'm
3: back to this beer so this is the you know accumulation of uh years and years of experimentation with this style and probably my favorite beer we've ever produced next to one other we we might go on to discuss but i'm so very very proud of it it's it's got everything I ever wanted from a New England, as well as the interesting character that the Sabro brings along. So it's like a little yeah, twist a little <coughs> on the completely on yeah. the style. So soft, so low in bitterness. We're a little bit limited in that we don't have a canning line, so um, occasionally we have to send the beer out and hope that the canning line can drop a lot of uh, hop residue out, and sometimes a little bit of it makes it into the can. So um, not the end of the world. Not the end of the world. Hop burn is something that everyone is quite you know used to these days yeah uh, i mean just
2: drinking it now actually i'm 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 getting an awful lot of that it's like sort of pineapple stone fruit kind of yeah mm.
3: and it all brought to like this kind of really soft creamy finish with the coconut flavor from the from the sabro and it it really does make it feel like it's almost got lactose in it or something which mm. we, as we mentioned before we don't ever use so um yeah a real a real strong point for us and real highlight of of my brewing career, if I'm honest. It is also yeah, yeah. so.
2: Just to hint on the on the name, uh, so Spaceball Ricochet is a reference to T-Rex, um, and was actually one of my dad's favourite songs, which is why we did a little nod to him on this bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I think that if, if you're ever going to make a tribute to anybody, not only Mark Boland but
2: yeah, exactly. the exactly <laughs> himself,
1: that is a cracking way to do it. That's the best tribute you can give to somebody yep. at yeah, fucking Absolutely, very, very. Absolutely. And this is a beer that I know I have said it to you guys personally, but it's just everything that you want, everything that you guys want. But for me personally, I'm not a massive, uh, massively into a lot of New England style beers because I actually find them quite imbalanced. But this has everything I think it, the style should have, mm-hmm. which is just just enough bitterness to back up the natural sweetness which is again as you say it's almost got that that lactose kind mm. of body and sweetness which it's not there it's all the you know the, down to you guys cleverly you know putting together your choice of yeast and your water profile and you know mm-hmm. and and the choices of um grist as well mm. and it's just fantastically balanced um and Bloody hell, it permeates the room.
3: It smells magical <laughs> in right now. You can smell it... Put that joystick out. You can, <laughs> you can smell it more than socially distanced away as the moment you crack the can. it's yeah. Yeah, Which it's is why quite, it is the good. beer of the day.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Socially distanced beer for all the people. <laughs> there we are. Yeah, very,
2: very
0: good. I've tried a few New England IPAs from some of the more like popular breweries mm-hmm. recently that have either all tasted the same or just been so overpoweringly palate destroying with the hops that you just, that yeah, like you were saying, Floss, there's no balance to them. This is the first one, and like I think this is the only one I've tried which really does make me want to go back for another that doesn't completely take away my chance to taste Another beer, all just to taste the same beer again and again, yeah, and to come back. And like you've already said about your other beers, to keep coming back, you want people to come back for those beers, and Absolutely. I think you've really achieved that with this. And oh, in you. particular, this one, I this is my favorite, I think. That you and made. if you don't
3: mind me making a point after that, um, so uh, one of my obviously the well, the inspiration for this style is um, the Alchemist Brewery, and they. You try Heady Topper and Focal Banger, and you tell me they have no bitterness in them. Mm. They absolutely do. They and it's one thing that the brewers have actually commented on in interviews I've seen. They're very, you know, touched that and, 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 you know, kind of humbled that their beers have, intru- have basically inspired an entire style that's f- swept the globe. But at the same time, they're like, well, if there's one thing I'd change, it's the complete lack of bitterness everyone's taking the bitterness out yeah that balance that
0: you got you got i'm
3: not saying a new england ipa should be bitter by any means no i want it to be smooth and low bitterness but it needs a little kick a little kick to make it palatable and re and drinkable and drinking many of you know you've got you've got to be able to sink a couple Mm. especially at these at the lower end of the scale you know with this this is uh 4.8 you know I am not gonna go in and have one four point eight one half of a four point eight beer in a pub. No, you wanna be able to drink a few pints of it. So
1: And that's exactly again please drink responsibly.
2: Room. I'm just gonna <laughs> <be laughs> keep Absolutely. That. We're not encouraging anyone but to But just remember
1: we would all take a million poppadoms over a million
3: sweets.
0: <laughs> well yeah. I could I could eat a pack of much more readily than I could eat a pack of Starburst. Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Like, So it's, yeah, it's all about balance. And I feel like we've struck it with this. I'm very pleased with the body and the mouthfeel and the character and the hop character coming through. But just that hint of bitterness coming through.
0: Well, speaking of inspirations for beer styles, why don't you tell us a little bit about your personal inspirations for... Well,
3: as mentioned, obviously the guys at uh, The Alchemist, huge inspiration. But um, a personal hero of mine is Jamil Zaynashaf. Of Heretic, uh, listened to all of his podcasts back to front, and I'm still. <laughs> Should we shout out
0: that podcast? Name the podcast,
3: uh, yeah. So it's the the Brewing Network. Um, uh, Jamil did uh, a couple of different podcasts on that. Uh, Brewing with Style, which is where they basically would focus on a style of beer with Mike Tasty o- McDonald, exactly. Yeah, Foz <laughs> knows him very well. Um, I love that voice,
0: <laughs>
3: and uh, it's my real voice.
2: No, <laughs> yeah, just this one one? On put this one on for John the
0: podcast.
3: You put this one on for the podcast. Uh Brew Strong? Brew Strong. With John Palmer, the, the man who literally wrote the book on water in particular, but brewing in general. Yeah,
1: um, a fantastic book for any aspiring homebrewer. Yeah, as well. it's the one to get. I mean, there's lots of great books,
3: but How to Brew, How by, John to Brew by, John Palmer. by John Palmer is an absolute. We'll awesome. cover it. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's available for free as a pdf online but as uh, for, for but in, you should definitely
2: support the author the author please no, 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 no. Uh,
3: this is available on john Palmer's personal website for nothing what Not nearly every older chapter ver- in there is all the versions he always has the new version for sale for money but older older uh, revisions of the of the book are on his website for nothing so but cares why not pay for people. the
0: latest edition <laughs> but pay for
3: the latest edition sport John Palmer he's an absolute legend Sport artist but um, Jamal Zaynish I was lucky enough to meet him at um, the uh, very first Beauty town Extravaganza and Talked, drunkenly tort his head off, as I'm sure he's very much used to. There's a hazard of the job. Yeah, it was one
2: of yes. those things where I was kind of, you know, trying to tear me he's, away
3: yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, absolute hero man. I mean I've heard to I've I've listened to hundreds of hours of him talking, so you can listen to half an hour of me talking, and, you know. It's only <laughs> fair. <laughs> um, Direct but, Exchange. But, yeah, that's an exchange. Um no, absolute hero of mine. Um a very nice guy
0: as well. Very nice guy, and
3: but it's his extremely thorough approach to brewing um that really inspired me um he's really dedicated to the science and i mean before he even started heretic brewing he had won a gold medal in every single category in the american, american homebrew competition. <laughs> which is pretty remarkable <laughs> literally he literally practice. wrote a book on that <laughs> and then he wrote a book on that so the guy is an absolute legend so yeah huge inspiration to me and uh Aside from that my our very good friends at wildcard brewing um william and jager um uh, who I've known Jager since kind of year seven at uh upper school and met will uh at sixth form and they so that was that was back in Nottingham? back yes. in nottingham Because they're, they're in london they're in there yeah they uh London morphhams though wildcard brewery um and when they started their brewery. I was just blown away. Like, you know, no one ever told me that brewing was a career choice. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> You was, can make alcohol? You can make alcohol. And for, sell it? <laughs> for money? Are you nuts? Um, yeah, it was absolutely awesome and huge, huge inspiration. Definitely wouldn't be doing it without them. Um, And, you know, we've been connected with them ever since.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I would say that, you know, someone who's massively influential for me within the brewing industry is Jager. You know, she, she just... So so much for uh, she's just a massive advocate for for women in the industry yeah um and you know putting across the point that it is okay no matter what background you have um you know whether no matter you know your background, whether you're a man or woman um you know ethnicity what whatever it it doesn't matter um right. it doesn't matter whether you've gone to university, it doesn't matter whether you're science anyone can have a place in the industry and it's just it should be completely all-inclusive yeah and it's something which unfortunately still, i mean it, it still isn't it's it still just isn't. a massive
0: battle you know, yeah, there, It 100 percent
2: is you know and i can i personally can only speak as a woman in the industry um but it's it's still you know you i might get a comment from someone or um you know some of the pump clip imagery or anything and you just feel like come on guys you know that are we going back 30 years yeah. I, it just
0: uh, <laughs> it's like you've been made aware of this you absolutely, know you're supposed yeah. to work on these things absolutely like, and sadly um, I, don't,
1: I don't want to highlight that but you say come on guys Is probably the uh is the salient point isn't it it's been run by men for so long and mm. males have been the predominant consumer for so long that it's become like a boys' own club. There's it's a lot just, of
3: assumptions that go on in this yeah,
1: industry. Yeah, and it's just
2: really frustrating because. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's an age. You know, regardless of age as well. Yeah. I might be a young woman going into a pub drinking a pint, but that doesn't mean that I have any less experience or knowledge hmm. than you know, a, a, for example, a, a middle-aged woman or a oh, middle-aged man totally. or anything well, like I'm that. Well, I'm sorry. But
0: at your age, I was managing a pub. Exactly. And a craft exactly. beer pub yeah. at that. So it's Absolutely. like it is that. Thing is, yeah, really yeah. And you often get
1: the comment, "Can I, can I speak to the boss?" and
0: you're speaking, yes. to, you're speaking
1: yeah. to the boss. Absolutely. No, I mean the boss. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's oh, me.
1: believe it
2: or not, it's the woman. And Hello. It's just, it's just... <laughs> uh, Jake has been, you know, massively influential in in really like raising awareness and really mm. pav you know, paving a way for people to go. No, this is not okay. And actually, do you know what? It's 2020. Yeah. And really, exactly. You know, people just need to. It just needs to stop. Exactly. Um, and it's also, I think, you know. So I, I organised an international Women's Day brew, and we sort of had a bit of like a Q and A session after. And what upsets me the most about it all, it's not this kind of attitude, this these predisposed ideas. It's, it, you know, people will think well, they want to think. We can't stop that, but it's actually the the lack of confidence that it then gives people. Mm. You know, I was talking to so many women and young women as well, who, or even, you know older women who will go into a bar, and they don't want to go up to the bar to order because actually they feel judged, or they feel like, oh, they'll just talk to the husband, or they'll they'll just talk to their partner, you know, and you shouldn't feel like sure. that going into a pub. A pub has always been, you know, and should be a safe space, it should be a place that you can go in, Absolutely. it's a community space, a community. and that doesn't exactly.
0: denote gender. No,
2: exactly, or age, or race, or anything. Exactly. um And... Yeah, Jega's just massively influential with in that, and she—I mm-hmm. went down to her International Women's Brewed uh, a couple of years ago when we first started,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she's given me the confidence to go, no, like exactly. that's not okay, and actually call out on things, and hopefully in a way I'm passing that on to other people as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's where that's
1: where it all starts, isn't it? You know, it, t- it takes one person to say it and then pass that on. It's like a baton; you can share that, and suddenly the whole country is alight with that feeling. Yeah, that's exactly what we need. Because it's, it's uh, prejudice and bias and it's sexism that's probably historical which um, it needs eradicating quickly because it's, it's lunacy. Yeah. Yeah. And as I think it's, myself yeah. and Maz talk about a lot, yeah. we don't have this industry mm. without women. Absolutely, women brewing, 100%. Yeah. women but publicans, like that's that. <laughs> the history of the industry. No.
0: Yeah. Stay tuned for episodes on women in beer because mm-hmm, in beer. there's going to be a plenty of them and you're going to be sitting right back. Floors <laughs> in your little squeaky chair.
1: Nice and calm. Nice
0: and calm as you please.
1: <laughs> we've had some. And I
0: will calm be notes. going off on some rants.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully with uh,
0: other women to support me in those interviews.
1: Undoubtedly stuff. so. I know we've got a few people lined up already, yeah. so that's going to be very exciting. But I just want to say just there about Jaeger as well. I mean, I know she's. Um, Jaeger, sorry. she She's done so much on so many fronts as well. You know, her media presence has also been an enormous positive. Yeah. Um, for Huge. ethnicity within brewing, yeah. as well as uh, gender in brewing, yeah. and I know this is sounds like a bit of a plug because I don't really know her like these guys do, but I'm, I know she's got a book coming out. I've le- alleged in the year or mm-hmm. next year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's going to be a really exciting thing to read about as well. So. Um, keep an eye out for that. And I'd love to say this, she's a down-to-earth, intelligent person, so let's have more of those people in the And a fantastic brewer.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, exactly.
1: absolutely. absolutely. I almost thought it went without saying. <laughs> well, of course it does, of course it does.
3: <laughs> Last orders.
0: So, I think, uh, as we're tucking into a little bit more Spaceball Ricochet, because I think we've all agreed... It goes down easy. our beer of the night Um, we hope to see you brewing more of these in the future but Mm -hmm. what is your intention for the future
3: so it's always been our intention to have our own brewery and although the community feel of uh, Magpie Brewery at the moment is fantastic obviously we're very limited in tank space as as we've mentioned Um,
2: yeah we're we're very luckily you know overwhelmed by people's support Yes. Um, and we are at the point now where we kind of oh, we're chucking beer out of the door—not qu- quite literally—but <laughs> um, you know, as soon as, as soon as the beer is is you know brewed, it, it's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and that's amazing. Um, but it, you know, it is getting to the point where actually we kind of think, well, we've got we've got to this point, and perhaps it's time to sort of
0: it's outgrown. Or, yeah, the cuckoo's nest yeah. a little
3: bit, absolutely. And so, I mean, we'd love. 12 barrel 10 to 12 barrel kit maybe six vessels and a tap room and that's yeah, really all we long for yeah i'm just put on an order, order
2: for you <laughs> yeah please floss that'd be and great like two, just yeah, if they could have it ready in six weeks that'd be great i um, mean in,
3: in all honesty to this point we are we are extremely small business we've we're very grassroots in that we've borrowed so little money to get to where we are and we, we're not we've not expanded uh, you know disproportionately to our demand Um, and we've really just bided our time on this side of things in the hope that it will be just a sure thing when we do do it and we'll find the right place as Mm. well because we just want something that will suit us we want a we want a tap room we want to be able to have gigs even maybe even recording facilities yeah that kind of thing to support local musicians.
2: Yeah, and some sort of like artist space. You know, it Artists just it basically we want we want a space that links in to the science, the music, and the art, everything that yep. we're about. And mm-hmm. and we think that you know when we find the right place, I think it will just fit. Like the name, I think it will just be. We'll just know. When, we'll just know, and here.
3: we'll jump on it, and then yeah. that'll be us. And. Yeah.
0: That's, that's our, yeah. There's no world
2: domination thinking. plans. No, you're <laughs> not you're planning
0: not. on opening sites in other countries, no. in other continents. No, There's all... a
3: very serious case of over-expansion on a lot of breweries' parts, Yeah, and we all, you know, I'm not gonna name names, but we all know breweries that have gone too big too soon, and it's been hugely detrimental to the quality of the product and their general perception and public eye. And we, more than anything, Just want to stay true to ourselves, and I don't care if I'm earning minimum wage for the rest of my life. I just, we just want to do this, and that's that's what we're gonna do.
2: Can I also just say sorry if you can hear a little snoring? (laughs) That Ozzy the 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 is currently on his back. The
1: Prince of (laughs) Darkness is very content. He is.
2: He's Ozzy. I was making a very poignant point then, and
0: you're interrupting me with his damn cuteness. Well, uh,
1: cute. but I think that's central to the whole thing, isn't it? You want people to be able to <laughs> do what they do, enjoy what they do, and love it. And Do what you want with love in he's your He's on heart. his back, happy as a pig in shit. Exactly.
0: Basically. Basically. Or, or,
1: or a dashing... In with a bed. all of his favourite friends around <laughs> yeah.
0: him. Yeah.
1: Legs splayed, chill yeah. there, And that's an artist, it's a musician, and, no, it's exactly. a, and a scientist. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. He's three in one. Absolutely. And we're going to get Ozzy on the packaging
0: team. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, he's. He's got little legs, but I think he can oh. be a hard worker. Oh,
1: snore his way to victory. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, but he's got little legs, but he's got four of them,
0: and he can exactly. get going. Yeah. Which is two better than us, so... You <laughs> should run your conveyor belt. You could be a green canning brewery. Oh, there
3: we are. There you go. Right. We'll make a big hamster wheel
1: for us. Sorry, we really need to stop this podcast
0: immediately and go and plant that right
2: just
1: now. Just don't, don't let Peter know about it, because you'll be furious. <laughs> I don't mean, know yeah. Peter is not ah, a person, dogs,
0: but... Dogs like
1: to run. Mm. We'll just give him his exercise, oh. that's all. Yeah. Mm. so finally then guys a very very small but massive question Mm. last orders at the
0: beginning of the podcast we asked you what you would start your session with and now we are rounding that up with what would your last beer the very end the bitter end as you're lying on the floor of the brewery having (laughs) lifted your last bag of grain (laughs) it's all just gone wrong you're lying there what would you reach for? What would your final drink be if every beer in the world was within reach? Right. Okay. I
2: it's so
1: hard. Hello, easy question. Uh,
2: oh my goodness.
1: You go, Grace. I
2: think
1: so. You've got an idea, with you?
2: questions like this, I think you just go with what comes to mind straight
0: gut away. Feeling. Yeah. D- gut feeling. Yeah. Pantheon Creek. Oh.
1: And it's a solid stuff. That is a bold. Ooh.
0: Yes. yes. Oh.
1: Oh, that's so hard I, to top. It's a cracking batting average you've set up. Yeah. That. that's a cricket record. And I think that's that no nice because
0: well. that rounds yeah. up everything that's your, you know, all these flavors you began your love affair with beer. Yeah, with
2: that. I mean, that's my trick. Like every every year, that's my birthday present. Yeah, like I have, I pretty much have one bottle of it a year, and it's like a it's like a fine cigar, you yeah. know. I'll I'll take it out into the garden and I'll just sit with my bottle and I'll be come happy. rain or
0: shine. <laughs> come you're just rain or shine, sit in the garden. Yeah,
2: and ah, delicious. yeah,
0: and uh, that's that's the one. That's the County one. County on me. Creek, County yeah. on Creek. I think that's a good gut feeling Exquisite you've got A it choice? Come on then, Tom. I know oh, you've been oh, struggling I, with I, this. Honestly,
3: I've been labouring over this question. I have no clue. I I, I like too many beers. I am, I have a rather eclectic taste and give us a style then every time i think of a style i think of another style ah. even styles is difficult um i so i'll, I'll give you what i think as a, as a relatively sober mind um yeah. would probably be something a hazy pale ale an absolute classic probably something like steady rolling man nice oh, very undefeatedly consistently brilliant beer but I know what I'm like at the end of the night. I want something strong and I want something dark. And it would have to be some sort of imperial stout. If I could bloody get my hands on any, it would be an emperor's. Despite the fact that I'm uh, good friends with the, with Damien. And uh, I still haven't had any of his beers uh, since uh, Homebrew Group. Um, so I guess on, on that note, um, a beer that is currently in barrel at our brewery waiting to be released to carry out with Ooh. uh damien um interstellar hyperdrive um Ooh. imperial rum raisin porter hello i know it's shameful to say one of your beers is one of no, your own no, beers. but you know that's our ethos isn't it we drink what we, we brew what we want to drink and yeah i think it's a very good nightcap Mm. Like well, or or Life Ender. Or well, well like Life M's Ender, been. as Marianne seems to be. I mean, if, you, if you're going to go <laughs> it's
2: like one out. one last as bag well. of malt. Yeah. 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 may yeah. as well go out on a rum raisin. We might as yeah. well go
1: Interstellar Hyperdrive all the way. Exactly. It's my favourite ice cream. And when and would it's
3: we be. Very good. If <laughs> when would we this? be likely to see that beer then? So. Um, it's currently s- sleeping. It's. it's oh, I would say it's almost ready. Um, we
2: tasted it a couple of weeks ago.
3: I would, I would like to say before the end of September.
0: Yeah. Before the end of September. Ooh, Very good. Good. Not not early. Early. Well, yeah. excited about. Let's uh hope I've released this before the end of September. <laughs> My rate of editing, I am probably not gonna release this until Christmas.
2: Well hey but <laughs> hey, it might it might tie in.
0: Maybe at we'll the time be of
2: listening, if you have seen that we do have this beer available, then I'm gonna please uh, try it because no, no, no,
3: no I'm gonna go one better than that. Uh I'm going to really put the pressure on Marianne. So, this Friday,
0: this beer releases this
3: Friday exclusively on our web
1: shop.
0: So, it has to be out at least the week So, we'll, 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 we'll
1: collaborate on this. We'll make sure just that any Friday we choose.
0: Yeah. I'm good to working to deadlines, That's fine. If, I, if someone else sets the deadline, I'm fine. If I have to set the deadline myself, I never get anything done.
3: Right, so, Marianne, we're going to phone you when we're getting ready to package. Uh, instill a Hyperdrive, and that's when you've really got to go into Hyperdrive yourself
1: and <gasps> get this edited. Oh, very yes, right.
0: nice.
1: <laughs> and now I'd love a bit of Pink Floyd to play us out, but we don't own the rights to that, so we won't be doing that. So thank you very much, Tom Stone and Grace Copley of Liquid Light Brewing in Nottingham. This is time at the bar. Thank you very much.
0: Get out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thank yes. you.